different than normal. And uh, looks like we'll be doing this for the next couple weeks at least. And, uh, but I'm, I'm glad that you're watching with us and not just watching, participating in the service here today. And so thank you. I, I know this is so different for our church family. And I don't, uh, I hope our church doesn't get distracted by all of this or our church um, doesn't get scattered through this. And so I wanna encourage you each Sunday morning if you would be here live with our church. And uh, there's several different ways that you're watching right now. Some are watching through Facebook Live and uh, you're able to comment and you're able to um, uh, put things, praises uh, on Facebook. And I wanna encourage you to do that and share so other people, this is a great way to invite people to church without having to invite them to the physical building. They can get a taste of our music and the preaching and prayerfully be encouraged by the gospel. And so I want to invite you to do that. Um, those that are watching on our uh, website, monclovabaptist.org, maybe you're trying to get on uh, Facebook and, and uh, if something were to happen, go on monclovabaptist.org. You can watch our services live there as well and also our church app. And one way to stay connected during this time as well, on our app, you can, you can go on and fill out a Connect card. And that uh, Connect card, if you're a guest with us uh, watching online today and you, uh, you want us to pray for you or there's something that uh, need that you have that you would like us to know about, you can give us that information right there on our Connect card. And so we encourage you, go to our church app and uh, fill out that Connect card. If you're a member, a regular attender, use that church app to stay in contact with us. Each week we put a prayer list out so that our church family can continue to pray uh, as a church. Uh, so we wanna hear your prayer request. I know this is a difficult time for uh, our church. I understand that. There are some in our church that I know that you've uh, concerned about uh, your job. The longer this goes, the longer it seems like uh, this is going, the more worried people are about uh, just the economics of things or jobs. And uh, we understand that. And I want you to know that we're praying for you, that uh, we care. And uh, if there's anything that the church can do to help you, uh, please let us know. And uh, we wanna be praying. I wanna ask our church family that during this time, let's not neglect our time together in prayer. And so let's commit to do that. Let's commit to be here live uh, each week at 9.30. And then throughout the week, we're trying to stay connected. We're trying to uh, keep you engaged by putting Everyday Faith. It's our TV program that we have on WLMB on Sunday evenings. Uh, it's called Everyday Faith, and it's on at eight o'clock uh, every Sunday night. What we've done is we've taken that theme and moved it every day. So between three and four o'clock, we post a video and uh, you can go to, to Facebook Live or Facebook to view that video. Also, we have a YouTube channel, Monclova Road Baptist Church, and everything gets posted there as well. And so we wanna encourage you to use all of this technology that we uh, have uh, to stay connected with the church. And um, we look forward to that. We're studying through the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 15, if you'll grab your Bibles. And um, I was joking with several people this morning and uh, I said, grab your uh, cup of coffee and, and uh, stay in bed and listen to the service, participate, uh, but don't get too comfortable with this. I know some of you like right now, you've got a cup of coffee, you're in your pajamas, you've not got dressed for the day, you're sitting on your couch, you're maybe laying in bed and, and you're going to church. 
And uh, we don't have a choice but to do that now, but don't get too comfortable. We, uh, we hope to see everyone back here at church worshiping together uh, as soon as we possibly can. Acts chapter number 15, and uh, let's begin reading, if you will, follow along with me in your Bibles, verse number one. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. And being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Phineas and Samaria, declaring the conversation of the Gentiles, the conversion, I'm sorry, the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy unto all the brethren. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders, and they declared all things that God had done with them. But there rose certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles and elders came together for to consider of this matter. And when they had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, men and brethren, ye know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God knowing, knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, gave them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, ye shall be saved as they are. Let me bring your attention to verse number 11. Again, let's read that. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. This passage of scripture is an interesting passage of scripture. We're 15 chapters into the book of Acts. I want you to recall back in your mind in the beginning of Acts, the gospel was preached the day of Pentecost. Peter stood before the people and preached this glorious message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Jews there at that time, they were putting their faith in the law. They were trying to fulfill the law. One of the, one of the uh, uh, commandments in the law was that, that God's people, the, the Israelites, were to be circumcised. That set his people apart from every other nation of the world. There were times in the Old Testament, I think of one specifically when God was angry at the children of Israel in the desert, uh, in the wilderness area, because they were not circumcised and, and God was angry with them and, and sought to, to kill all of them because of their disobedience. Keeping the law for the Jew was very important. Being circumcised for the Jew in the Old Testament was very important. But something changed, something was different. Peter now, the same man that preached Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, he is now standing, leading this church in Jerusalem, and he's disputing now. He's no longer saying that, that we are to keep the law and to be circumcised. He now is preaching this gospel message that you receive everlasting life. You receive the Holy Ghost 
by faith in Jesus Christ and the finished work on the cross. No longer by keeping the law is someone uh, is it necessary for someone to do. No longer keeping the law is it necessary for the Jew. And this is difficult to hear. This is confusing to hear. But we're 15 chapters into the book of Acts where the gospel of Jesus Christ has been preached. It's been preached clearly. Jews have received Jesus Christ as their Savior. Gentiles now have received Jesus Christ as their Savior. The gospel message is now going out toward, uh, in, in the whole known world now. We've started now this first missionary journey by Paul and Barnabas and his crew of people that are now uh, 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 going around the known world in Asia Minor and will be into Europe and preaching this glorious message of Jesus Christ. Religion can't save a person. Keeping the law can't save a person. Someone being circumcised can't save a person. What we're learning and going to see in this chapter is that it's faith in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ alone, that saves a person. And something interesting, and I want us to see this in this, this chapter as well. It's not having faith in Jesus and something else. It's not having faith in Jesus and being a member of a church. It's not having faith in Jesus and doing good works. It's not having faith in Jesus and being a religious person. What we're finding, what's being, being told and what's being shown us in this passage of scripture, that it's faith in Jesus, in Jesus alone. It's the finished work of the cross. That's all that's needed for a person to be saved. So we come to this passage of scripture, the first 11 verses in chapter number 15. And I want us to see three things here in this passage of scripture that I, I pray will help us and encourage us as we live our lives this week. I want you to see, first of all, the dispute over the sufficiency of the gospel. There's a dispute. There's, there's this fighting Again, think about this. Paul and Barnabas, they're, they're going around and they're preaching in synagogues and they're telling the, the Jews and Gentiles and whoever will listen that, that Jesus Christ is the way. They're telling them that Jesus Christ, the son of God, born of a virgin, comes to this earth and he lives a sinless life and, and he was placed upon the cross and, and he shed his blood, that perfect blood on the cross. And he was the atonement or the payment for our sin. That blood that was shed satisfied God's wrath because of man's sin. He was placed in the tomb and three days later, God raised him up from the dead, dis, uh, defeating hell and defeating death. And all those that will believe by faith will receive everlasting life. This message is being preached but there's some that dispute this. This dispute comes because there are some disciples that taught that you can't be saved unless you were circumcised as well as Moses commanded. Look at verse number one again. Here in the end of this verse, the Bible says this, except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. I want you to think about this. There were, there were some that were teaching that Jesus Christ was not sufficient. 
that his death, his burial, and his resurrection was not sufficient to be saved. Something else or something more was needed. And they said, you have to believe. Yes, you, you must believe in Jesus Christ, but you also must be circumcised as well. My friend, the reality is this. Even in our generation today, there are some that add to the gospel. Paul and Barnabas in verse number two, they're fighting this addition to the gospel. They begin to argue with these men about this matter. They, they begin to dispute. And so there was this group of people that said, yes, salvation is in Jesus Christ, but in order to receive that, you must be circumcised as well. And Paul and Barnabas stand and they dispute this and they, they clearly are against this and they're saying and preaching this, no, no, no. Salvation is in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. It's not through good works. It's, it's not through anything that you can do. You cannot add anything to salvation through Jesus Christ. It's the finished work of the cross. It's Jesus and Jesus Christ alone. The argument is this, is the blood of Jesus Christ sufficient for salvation or is more needed for one to be saved? Is, is this, the blood of Jesus Christ sufficient for salvation or is more needed to be saved? That's the question that I want you to answer today. That's the question that is being placed before the believers here in Acts chapter 15. It's 2,000 years ago a debate, but that debate still goes on in religious circles today as well. It still happens today. This is a source of contention in the early church. And unfortunately for 2,000 years, it still is a source of contention today. Which religion do I believe? I've shared the gospel with many of people and many a times people say this, I, I'm confused. Which religion am I supposed to believe? Which church am I supposed to go to? It seems like so many different people have different versions of, of what the truth is. And I wanna answer that for you today. And I know that many today that are listening, you say, I've got this settled. But I want you to recognize that we're living in a world today that does not have this settled. We're living in a world today where the majority are not Bible-believing Christians. We're living in a world today that, that many across this nation and even around this world are not putting their faith and trust solely in the finished work of the gospel, but they're trying to live good lives, trying to, trying to appease God. They're attending church, hoping that is enough. They're, they're being baptized, hoping their baptism is sufficient. They're doing good works, and they're hoping that their good works will save them. But I find here in the Bible, the Bible says that there's only, salvation is only in one name, and that name is Jesus Christ. If you're here today watching this service, and you are putting your faith in something more or something in addition to the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, the gospel. It's not, that's not truth. Jesus and Jesus alone is truth. We don't believe in religion. We believe in the Bible. We don't put our faith in a, in a church 
We put our faith in what God's word says. Now, I love Monclover Road Baptist Church. I think everyone ought to attend Monclover Road Baptist Church. I don't just come here because I pastor the church. I come here because I love this church. I love you. That's why we're continuing to have church, even though we're not able to gather during this COVID-19 crisis. Church is important. Coming together is important and, 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 and doing things in the, uh, as a church is important and fellowship is important and, and serving in the church is important. All of those things are important. I love our church. But Monclova Road Baptist Church can't save anyone. Serving at Monclova Road Baptist Church won't save anyone. Being baptized at Monclova Road Baptist Church won't save anyone. Giving your offerings and serving won't save anyone. The only thing that can save a person is putting their faith in the sufficient work of the cross, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We call it the gospel, the good news. Why is it good news? Is because you don't have to do anything. Because if you tried to do it, you'd fail. But what Jesus Christ did on the cross is our payment for our sin. We put our faith in the finished work of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so there was disputings. There was some confusion, if you will. And so I want to ask you today, as we're looking in this passage of scripture, is there any confusion in your life? Do you know Jesus Christ as your savior? Have you put your faith totally in the finished work of the cross? If you haven't done that, I invite you to receive Jesus Christ into your life today, believing that he shed his blood. He died to pay your sin debt, that what he did upon the cross is sufficient. Will you trust him today? In Acts chapter 15, I see they dispute over the, the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. I want you to follow along with me. Look with me in verse number three of this chapter as well. And being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Phineas in Samaria, declaring the con uh, conversion of the Gentiles. And look with me at this passage of scripture. And they caused great joy unto all the brethren. They caused great joy unto all the brethren. Now, there was this fight that took place. I mean, this argument. In verse number two, it says it wasn't a small matter. I mean, Paul and Barnabas were fighting. I, I see this as like the worst church business meeting that a person could ever attend. I mean, they're, they're, they're yelling across from each other. There's this group of people saying that you must be circumcised to be saved. And Paul and Barnabas, they're like right in their face, shaking their fists, saying, you're wrong. It's, it's only through the finished work of the gospel. It was a fighting match. It was like this, this, this royal rumble, <laughs> WWE fight there taking place in the church. And here we find Paul and Barnabas, instead of being discouraged by this, they say, you know, we're going to get this resolved. We're going to go to the church in Jerusalem and we're going to ask this question there. But I want you to see, in spite of a discouraging situation, Despite a crisis, despite a, a turmoil that's happening in their life, they stay focused on what's important. 
You see that in verse number three? The Bible says they continue. They go through these cities and on their way to Jerusalem. They've got a purpose in mind. They're going to get this resolved, but they're going to stay focused on what's important. It's important for us to see that today. Because I'm afraid, church, sometimes when crisis comes and when problems come and when things happen in our life that we don't necessarily enjoy, let's just use the word conflict. Paul and Barnabas didn't get persuaded by that. They didn't get discouraged by that. They didn't quit. We find up into chapter number 15, there's great persecution going on from outside the church. I mean, Paul's been stoned and Paul's been beaten and Paul's been threatened along with Barnabas for preaching the gospel. And they kept going forward. Now there's, there's a problem within believers. You know what we find? The same example by Paul and Barnabas, they keep moving forward. They're not going to be stopped. I wanna encourage you church today, don't stop in face of conflict. Don't stop serving Jesus. Don't get your focus on the conflict that you lose sight of what our goal is as Christians. Don't cause the conflict to be now what your life is about. You know, so often you can talk to some people and you know just in a few minutes of talking to them what their problems are. I mean, it, it's, it's become bitter in their heart. It's become everything they talk about. It. It's consumed them. And, and in effect, it's consumed them to the place where they're no longer effective as a Christian. You know what I, I find in Paul and Barnabas here? They've got conflict. They're, I mean, they, it, was, it was a fight. They, they were contending. They were disputing. And the Bible says it wasn't small. This was a great argument. But they never lost sight of what the true mission as a Christian is. And that is this, living your life to bring glory to Jesus Christ. I want you to see secondly in this passage of scripture, we see the result of the sufficiency of the gospel. The result. Joy came to those that believed in the gospel. Joy came. In verse number three, as they were traveling through, they were sharing the gospel. They were telling that Gentiles were being saved. What they were doing is this. They weren't talking about the dispute they had. They were talking about the Savior. They weren't talking about the troubles that they had. They were magnifying who Jesus Christ was. They were exalting the Lord. They were bringing glory. They were sharing the gospel. They were, they were a true living witness of what the gospel, the joy, the gospel gives. Listen to me, during this crisis that we're living in, we, we can spend all of our time talking about the problem. We can spend all of our time talking about the conflict. We can spend all of our time talking about the situation we find ourselves in. Or we can stay focused on what the gospel does. The gospel brings joy. Here, the, uh, those that believed were encouraged. Listen to me, Christian, today, don't be known for the conflict that you're having. Don't be known by those around you because of your fear, 
don't be known. Don't, don't bring everyone into the conflict or the problems you're having in your life. You don't find Paul and Barnabas traveling through these cities saying, now there's a dispute that's happening with these believers here and, and we, wanna, we want you to take our side. They weren't even talking about this dispute. They were staying focused on what was important. And because they stayed uh, focused on what was important, the result was joy. I've had many conversations with people over this last week and a half and they've said to me, how can we stay joyful? How can we keep our focus on things that are right and, and not be fearful or concerned? And my answer, it sounds like a pat answer. It sounds like an easy answer, but it's the truth. Our focus must remain on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And someone says, well, yes, I believe in the gospel, but how do I apply that today? The sufficiency of the gospel, if Jesus Christ is sufficient to give you everlasting life, then he is sufficient to give you your needs today. Jesus said, I, I, I'll give you everlasting life. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen to me, because of the gospel, we are promised everlasting life. That means this, when this life is over for all of eternity, we are sealed. We, we're saved. We are forever going to be with Jesus Christ, and nothing can take us from that. But he's also promised to meet our needs here on this earth as well. He called himself our daily bread. He, called, he said that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. You see, the result of the sufficiency of the gospel is joy. Man realizes that he cannot save himself, that the, that the work of the gospel has been done. And that brings joy to the believer. A debt's been paid. Now, if someone called me today and said, you know what? Your mortgage has been paid. Your mortgage is, somebody paid that off and, and you no longer owe anything. You now own your home outright. I tell you, I'd be excited about that. I mean, that would be exciting. How many of you would love that today? Somebody calls your house and says, your mortgage, your debt is paid. Every debt you owe, somebody came and paid that debt. You no longer have to make a payment the rest of your life for what you owe. It's been paid. But we'd rejoice. I, I tell you, that, that would cause great joy. A, a burden would be lifted because I owed something and it's been paid for. The same thing is true. Your sin debt, you owe the, the payment for that sin and you could work all of your life and guess what? That payment would not be satisfied. But Jesus Christ, he paid that debt that you owe and that ought to cause great joy in our heart knowing that he paid my debt. The greatest decision that you'll make in this life is where will you spend eternity? You see, Jesus has supplied the way. And what you must do is accept that gift of salvation. But as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, the Bible tells us. Will you receive that gift of salvation? If you've not, 
received it today. It'll be the greatest joy that you've ever had in your life. You see, this life is as a vapor, the Bible says, that it soon vanishes away or fades away. It's going to be gone, but eternity is forever. And we put so much stock into this life. We, we put so much into this life in the things of this world. We have an eternal soul that is going to live forever. And we must realize that Jesus Christ paid that sin debt. And when we understand that and receive that, oh, the joy that we have, the trust. I've heard someone say this, if we trust Jesus Christ for our life for all of eternity, then we surely can trust him for our life here on this earth as well, our needs. You see, this crisis that we're living in right now, it should make us think about eternity. Matter of fact, a lot of people are thinking about eternity. In church, I, I enjoy the emails and I enjoy the text messages and the phone calls. I've enjoyed that. And I, I wanna encourage you during this time, continue to, to reach out. We're doing our best to reach out to you. We're making phone calls and, and just trying our best to, to, to reach out and communicate with you. And I wanna encourage you to continue to do that. I want us to think about eternity. This crisis right now is causing a lot of people to ask questions. This crisis right now is causing a lot of people to think about life, what's important, what's eternal. Well, what a great opportunity to share the joy that you have with a world that needs Jesus Christ. Joy to all the brethren, the Bible says in verse number three. When those that knew Christ, they, they uh, uh, found out that the gospel was the greatest source of joy a person could have. And oh, isn't it wonderful to experience the joy that the gospel gives. I wanna encourage you, church, during this crisis, stay heavenly focused. Stay eternally focused. Stay focused upon the finished work of the cross. Heaven and earth shall pass away, the Bible says, but my word shall remain forever. The things of this earth are going to someday fade. We're not guaranteed this earth forever. Matter of fact, the Bible says it's not going to last forever, but you know what one thing that does? God's word. And God's word is what tells us how to be eternally saved through Jesus Christ. Church, stay focused on eternity today. How can we lead others to Jesus? I'm excited about this. I received an a, uh, email yesterday from a radio station here locally, and they, they uh, asked uh, if we would be willing to put this service on the radio. And, and they said this, many people right now, they recognize that many people right now are searching. Not every church is able to go online, and some people don't have a church, and they're searching. And so this radio station reached out to our church this weekend and said, can we put your service online so that the Toledo community can hear the truth, can hear the message of hope? Boy, that excited me, and we're going to look into that, and, and we'll give you some more information on how we can, if we're able to do that during this crisis, but I'm excited about that. Another way that our church can get the gospel of Jesus Christ out, where this week I got an email, several emails, as a matter of fact, from people that worked at the hospital down the street or at St. Luke's, and they said that they're stressed and under a lot of pressure. 
we're going to take and we're going to love them this week. And, and, and we're going to talk through how we can send the entire hospital lunch and share with them the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. It's something we're going to do this week. And you're going to be a part of that. Sharing Christ's love. We are feeding children. <laughs> I mean, this is still going on. And, and you say, we already know you're doing that. I want to remind you every week that we've committed to feed these children and some 30 families. Every week, we're able to go in during this crisis and we're getting a rapport with them. They're looking forward to us uh, coming and we're looking forward to going and we're able to share the gospel with these families. The other thing I want to do, and I hope that you'll participate in this and pray with this, I want to set up a tent out in a parking lot at a, a pizza place and, 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 and through that just offer people hope. And, and as they come through, we'll give them pizza. But as we're giving them pizza, or put something on the box and share a kind word with them and, and, and introduce them to the gospel as they're driving through and receiving this meal. I think that the, the, the ways are limitless right now or unlimited, I'm sorry, unlimited how we can share the gospel with people in our community. This crisis doesn't have to shut the church down. I'll be honest with you, if anything, it's motivated this church. It's caused us to think outside the box. It's caused us to consider our community. It's caused us to love you more. It's caused us to focus on the gospel more than ever before because the good news of the gospel brings joy to the believer. And we're looking at a world in chaos. We're looking at a world confused. They're, they're looking to the government. They're looking to other men. They're looking to the medical community. They're looking to, to, to resources that this world has to offer. And every single time they're coming, Coming up empty. But we have Jesus Christ. And when you experience the joy that Jesus Christ gives, you never, you never walk away empty. You walk away full. You walk away rejoicing. And we have that hope. And we want to share it during this crisis with a world that needs hope. You see, that is the joy, the result of the sufficiency of Christ. If, if Christ's blood wasn't sufficient, if the cross wasn't sufficient, then we'd be as hopeless as the world is right now. But because it's sufficient, because it's all we need, because there's nothing more that needs to be added, we can have joy in our heart and we can share that with others. So as we continue to help the elderly, as we continue to support and help those that have been laid off in the service industry, the, the restaurant industry, we continue to, to help others and reach out. We're doing more even this coming week than we did last week. And, and I pray that we continue as a church to be excited because you've got joy, because you have truth. And let's share that joy with others. I'm done with this last point. We see the authority of the sufficiency of the gospel. We see the authority of the sufficiency of the gospel. Look with me in verse number seven. The Bible says this, and when there had, uh, had been much disputing, so when they were fighting much, uh, Peter rose up and said unto them, men and brethren, ye know now that a good while ago, God made choice among us 
that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. Look with me in verse number eight, the Bible says, and God. Look with me again in verse number 10, the Bible says, now therefore, why tempt ye God? You know, throughout these next several verses, you know what we find? Peter brings everything back to God. He, what he's saying is this, listen to me, our opinions don't really matter if they go against God. What really truly matters is what God says. Well, how do we know what God says? We have God's word right here in our hands. This book is God's love letter, God's word to humankind. If it says it, it's true. And if it says it, we ought to believe it. See, there's authority. And that authority is what God says. How do we know we're going to make it through difficult times? How do we know what truth is? How do we know what hope is? How do we know these things? We know these things because we have the authority of God's word. If God's word says it, that settles it for us. And I'm so thankful for that. We're not living in a time in our own lives of chaos. We're not living in a time of, of turmoil. We're not living in a time where, where we're not sure what, to ha what is happening. You know, yes, this world seems like it's out of control. Yes, this world seems like it's hopeless. But oh, my friend, don't ever forget that we have the word of God. And therefore, we have the authority of what God says. And what God says we can know. And Peter brought peace. Peter brought peace to this disputing because he brought everything back to God. Listen to me, our opinions don't really matter. But what God says does. God made choice among us. What God says is what we ought to believe. Church, we need a revolution back to the Bible. I'm praying that through this crisis that we're living in right now, that we just get back to the book. We get back to what the word of God says. We get back to living the book. We get back to reading the book. We get back to loving the book. We get back to rejoicing that we have the written word of God for us, that we don't have to guess what God wants. We don't have to try to appease God by, by, by unknowingly going through this world, hoping that we're making the right decisions. We have God's word and we have God's authority on every matter and it's called the word of God. And oh, my friend, that bring such peace. It's God. What does the Bible say? What's the Bible say about marriage? What's the Bible say about parenting? What's the Bible say about children and their parents? What's the Bible say about work? What's the Bible say about money? What's the Bible say about fear? What's the Bible say about anxiety? What's the Bible say about worship? What's the Bible say? That is what I believe. We have a revolution back to the word of God through this crisis, that we get our, our, our noses back in the book, that we start living this book and we start obeying this book. That's my goal, that through all this, we don't lose our mind that we don't lose our hope, that we don't lose our joy, but we get back to the word of God in living this truth. That's what Christian, Christians need to do right now in this crisis. I'm praying that through this crisis that we will see the government, it can't save us. I pray that through this crisis that we recognize that wealth cannot save us. 
I'm praying that through this crisis right now that we see that man cannot save us. Man in government is trying to scatter to try to figure this out, to try to bring hope, and none of it is happening. Religion can't save us. Only God. Only God's plan. Only God's way. Verse number 11, but we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Thank you for watching the service today. We live in a world of confusion. We live in a world of chaos. We live in a world of trying to seek answers. But there's sufficiency in the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus Christ today as your savior, I pray that you'd receive that free gift of salvation today. There's authority in the sufficiency of the, of the gospel and there's joy. You see, Christian, we can thrive through this conflict. We can thrive through this crisis because we have the truth of the word of God. God bless you today, church. Thank you for participating in online church today. I look forward to seeing you next week at 9.30. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for this study in the book of Acts. Thank you for the sufficiency of the gospel. It's our source. It's what we need right now. It brings people to Jesus Christ through faith. It brings joy to the believer because of its truth. And it brings authority on how we ought to live and what we believe because you promise that your word will never return void. We thank you and we praise you. Lord, I love this church. I love these people. Lord, strengthen our church as we seek to go into the community this week. Some will do it through testimonies that they post online. Some will do it by loving their neighbors. Some will do it through giving and Lord, however it's done, Lord, I pray that you'll bless it. And I pray this week that this church will exalt Jesus Christ and not live in fear. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for watching. I wanna thank you for watching our services online today. I invite you back again next week and you will hear another message from God's word. If you are listening today, and you realize that you need to trust Jesus Christ as your savior, I want to invite you to do that right now. The Bible tells us that every person has sinned for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Realize that you're a sinner for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Would you realize that you're a sinner? Realize there's a penalty for your sin, but understand and by faith accept that free gift of salvation that Jesus Christ offers you because of the cross. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For God so loved the world though, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, the Bible says thou shalt be saved because God's not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, 
to pay our sin debt upon the cross. He shed his blood on the cross, and that blood is the atonement for our sin. Will you receive that, that gift today of eternal life? Would you accept that by faith, believing that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven? And just simply pray and ask the Lord to forgive you of your sin and receive that gift of eternal life. I hope you'll do that today. Maybe you were blessed by the message in another area of your life. You had a need met today. Would you call and let us know whether you trusted Jesus Christ today or you were helped by the message? We want to know. We want to pray with you. You can call the church office at 419-866-0773. We want to hear from you. I also want to thank our church and those in the community that have helped us in our COVID-19 outreach efforts. Many children are going hungry because they're not able to go to school and eat the, the meals that the school had supplied. Many people have been unemployed now because restaurants have closed and factories have closed, stores have closed, hotels have had to lay off, and many people now are hurting and wondering what they're going to do financially. Our church, because of your help, has able, been able to help them meet a need. We're feeding children every single day because of your help. We've given checks to people that have been laid off because of your help. We're buying grocery for elderly people that can't get out because of your help. And I wanna thank you for that. But this crisis is not over and there's still a lot of help that people need. And I want to ask that you give, you financially. Every single penny that you give, I assure you is going to go to help someone that has a great need. You can give on our church app, you can give on our website at Monclova Road or monclovabaptist.org, or you can simply mail a check to us at Monclova Road Baptist Church, 7819 Box 15, Monclova Road, and that's Monclova, Ohio, 43542. If the Lord will put it on your heart to continue to give or maybe give for the first time, I want to assure you, you're helping people to have a great need. Thank you. We love you. And we hope to hear you from you soon.